water, blah, 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 green economy, blah, 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 net zero by 2050, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be very, very tough, this summit. And I'm very worried because it, it might go, it might go wrong. We have a moral responsibility, even if we didn't cause it, we would have a moral responsibility to do something about thousands of men, women and children who have lost everything. COP is a massive opportunity, but it is a huge responsibility on the shoulders of world leaders. This is COPcast. Hello, welcome to COPcast 11. Things are happening. Um, it is about lunchtime. And we have got a coming together outside here, out of COP, of people who've come out from COP and school strikers uh, and other folk who are already here. Um, Lottie and Fiona are here. Um, what's happened? Uh, so this morning there was a people's plenary inside the Blue Zone um, with various groups uh, speaking up for what they want coming out of the COP and uh, everyone from the observers who was in that and from the various groups have uh, marched out of the COP to join the groups who are already outside the COPs and join in solidarity for uh, the movement. And Fiona, there's been a bit of a shift in atmosphere, I think, today because of that second draft of it, which we'll talk about later in the podcast, right? But people are pretty steamed up. No, I mean, you can definitely tell the passion of the people here. Everybody's working in solidarity to each other. You know, the job isn't done yet. We haven't seen the, the, you know, the official final draft. This is just one of the drafts. There's a lot of work to be done still. So it's really awesome to see everybody coming together and showing, you know, solidarity for other people's issues, not just on nature, but on justice, on equity, and on rights. Cue the drummers. Right. Climate, frustration, ecosystem, restoration, climate, frustration. Right, this action's continuing behind us. There's people here from, I mean, I've heard French, Spanish, English, obviously Scottish accents, English accents. There was a Welsh policeman. There's all kinds of folk here, right? And I'm joined by uh, Rob and Rory, uh, who are two of the folk who've been uh, working with us inside the wire, right? Um, I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute, but first of all, tell us what it was like to, to come out of there today. That was special. I think for the first time in the history of COP, we've had a people's assembly within the actual conference, stood up, walked out and said, enough is enough. The red lines are drawn or have been crossed. And we walked out there chanting and it showed the real people power. Yeah, Robert, you were saying to me like, before we started, it was actually quite kind of emotional. Yeah, it was incredibly moving to hear everyone marching under one voice, so many people from so many different walks of life and from so many different places and backgrounds and everyone singing and coming out together. It was, yeah, it was really quite moving. And does that have a particular intensity today because, because people are really, this coalition of people are feeling that things are slipping away from us? Yeah, I think it, it shows that the process of COP is not built around those people. It's, it's built around the people who are within those walls and behind those doors making those negotiations, and that's really visceral today, I think. They would give us that space at the very end of two weeks of negotiations, and that really showed today that that was something that needs to change. Yeah, because, Rob, one, one of the things that has been a constant tension all the way through this has been the desire to be present, like so folk like yourselves yeah. and other people to be present to make the voice heard, but also a sense that... 
at the end of the day, whatever happens in those negotiating rooms happens in those negotiating rooms. And do we necessarily have an influence on it? I think we really do. I think the, the strength of the movement has just been unbelievable. Um, to, to support that movement and to really put pressure on, on these governments to really make, make real action. And to say, yeah, in so many ways, influencing delegations is, is very hard, but I think there's very much a people's voice um, that's being championed here. Yeah, yeah, because I think the decision that people have to make for themselves, and right, this is something everybody's going to feel different about, is whether, you know, as Greta Thunberg did very early in COP, say, I declare this a failure, right, the, the solution lies elsewhere, or whether you stay here till Friday, or it looks like Saturday, or maybe even Sunday, <laughs> and just keep banging your head against that brick wall. Yeah, I think we need every form of action. We need the front line and we need the people inside representing us. And that's, I think, what we're seeing today. There's 50 more weeks of the year to come. And I've been inspired today hearing the speakers saying, this is where it starts. We go back now to our own countries and we make this climate justice movement happen. Yeah, because for you, Rob, like, you're going back to Forsenar, right? <laughs> it's a place dear to my heart, right? Um, is, is there an energy, do you, do you think, because that's, you, you couldn't get a more different place to where we are today. Here we are surrounded by literally thousands of people. I can see the big crane, you know, all the, everything that's left over from the industrial heritage here. And you're going back to pristine blanket bog, right, in Sutherland. Is there an energy, is there a relationship between those two things? Is there an energy that you can take from here to there? Yeah, and I think for the first time I really understand that energy having come down to the city from there. You see up there what people are doing on the ground every day to fight for the peelings and to bring it all the way to the city, to, to so many tens of thousands more people than we've got up there just to kind of amplify that voice is, is really quite something, yeah. Yeah, I think never underestimate the power of connection, right? Well, listen guys, I know you've got to get back in there um, in the warm and the dry, but um, uh, keep doing what you're doing and thanks for talking to me. Cheers, thanks, thanks so much. It's Friday, it's tea time. We must be on the Bridge of Pod. Um, I'm joined by Mel, who has kindly stepped out uh, from COP itself. Um, what's the latest? So, um, we are waiting for parties to um, finish discussing the current text and developing new text. Um, but I'd like to give you an update on what's happening on Nature in terms yeah, of the no, latest. Yeah, that'd be good, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, we're feeling pretty excited at the moment. So, some new text came out this morning. And um, compared to um, when we spoke on this podcast before, um, we're actually um, really pleased with where we've got to. Um, so, our asks have really been taken on board, which is fantastic. Um, and if we are able to keep what we have now in the text, then we would regard that as a win. Um, it's not guaranteed, of course. So, some parties are pushing to go back to some of the more controversial language in the first um, iteration of the text where there was a lot less consensus if we go back to that I'm worried that somehow some of the nature stuff could go which would be such a shame um, I mean there's of course always more to build on at the next COP which we know now is going to be in Egypt <laughs> Hang on, um, let's get this one out to me first yeah. I, mean, I mean to go back to that uh, the concerns before were, were about the language around, yeah, around right. nature. So what's the improvement in the language? So um, the language that was in was around nature-based solutions and not all countries and indeed not all NGOs get behind that language. Um, some, some people think that it's too closely associated with offsetting and some parties and some NGOs have concerns around that. So it's very hard to get consensus around that language in this process and we really saw that in the negotiations. Um, and so we were worried that stuff on nature would get pushed out just because of these fights around the language. Um, that language was dropped in the draft we saw this morning and it 
just talked about really core principles that we get behind. So ecosystem protection, conservation, the linkages between biodiversity and climate, the need for safeguards um, for indigenous peoples. It was really quite strong language, all of the stuff we've been pushing. So that's great. I just hope that other fight doesn't open up again around the language. Yeah, so, but it, I, I presume we are happier being in a position where we're trying to defend a position that we've got to rather than trying to insert things in alignment. It's better to be in a position where you're defending, right? Absolutely, yeah. So we're basically saying we are now happy with what we have. We need to bank this. Um, and yeah, we, there's more on implementation of this, these excellent principles that we've got, which we can build on in the next COP. But yeah, we want to bank what we've got. So away from nature, you know, just looking at the... Because, because parties, a.k.a. countries, mm-hmm. right, have, have just been through a process in there in the last few hours of kind of running through what their existing positions are. And there's a lot of anxiety there about where we're going with the, with the bigger headline themes, you know, on emissions and fossil fuels. What, what's your reading of that? So, yeah, there's a lot of discussion um, among countries around the balance of the package. So that's between kind of the mitigation elements and um, the the financing and how countries can adapt and the provisions to help them adapt to the global warming that's already locked in the system and the money to help them do that. And also on this critical issue of loss and damage, which is um, a bit of a buzzword, but essentially what that means is um, that countries who are already facing the impacts of climate change, you know, awful hurricanes, awful flooding that have huge impacts on communities, how are they supported? Uh, Because often these are developing countries who didn't emit the uh, greenhouse gas emissions that we have now, you know, in, in the industrialised Western world, that was that was um, they were those were emissions from from our side. Um, yet the most vulnerable countries um, are the ones experiencing the real impacts of climate change. So how we support them is a critical issue. And and there's kind of nested bits of inequality there, aren't there? Because because there's the fact that developing countries didn't make the emissions. Okay, many of them are going through a process of industrialization still they're being expected to reduce their emissions which reduces their economic ability you know the the, you know how robust their economy is and then at the same time they are the people who are most at risk from the actual material effects it's it's a horrible combination of circumstances yeah absolutely so you know there was um uh i think you may have even caught some of the soundtrack from the protest earlier on and where people were calling for climate justice now that you know that issue that you just um, described is um, is the issue of climate justice or, or indeed it's you know it's injustice what, what we need is climate justice and um, yeah people feel very strongly about that and of course the, the affected countries feel extremely strongly about that and rightly so yeah um, so thinking ahead right yeah. not not to Egypt <laughs> yet let's, let's, let's leave to to Egypt I think I said tomorrow like um, how do you think things might play out now what are the kind of time scales what should we be looking out for yeah, so, I mean, the presidency is still sending strong signals that it wants to wrap up today. Um, I've been to a fair few cops. I think that's extremely unlikely. <laughs> but they always send that message because, of course, people never move to their final negotiating position until they really feel like they're at, they're at the end game. And that's when the final negotiations happen. Um, I'm fully expecting it to go through the night. Um, I think um, some of the issues around things like loss and damage um, will be, um, you know, potentially big fights and also around this issue of um, article six which um, I'm not sure if we've covered here but um, around carbon markets essentially there are proposals by some parties to allow double counting um, and essentially what that means is just more emissions for free into the atmosphere and no penalty which is absolutely ludicrous if we're trying to get to 1.5 and um, there's a really really massive fight and that fight hasn't been won or lost um, in the last six COPs. This is the sixth time that we are approaching this. The UK presidency really wants to sew up a deal on it, but that's going to be one of the crunch issues to watch overnight. I, I just, for 
people like me who've never been to one of these things. Do all these negotiators literally just settle down for the night in there and batter on through into the small hours? Is that, I mean, do people like work in relays or something or, or what's it like? Um, people work insane hours in the last days of these negotiations and genuinely I think people only start making deals when everyone is too exhausted to, to stick around any longer and negotiators start leaving on flights home and at that point the deals are finally done. Um, it's only at that point that people will give up their positions um, to make a compromise. It's kind it, of extraordinary. <laughs> I know, it is amazing that even when it comes to something of this kind of global complexity, right, and importance, that it comes down to human frailty at the end of it. Like, I'm, I'm goosed. I want to go home and see my kids. Let's get this done. Yeah, I think at some point they just realise, yeah, we need we need to finish this thing. But it is, I mean, we are all humans. It's going to be a very human, you know, human process. Um, and with all the kind of strengths and failings that that brings. Brilliant. Right, well, we will keep people across it. Um, uh, having started, we will finish. We'll be here to the bitter end. Yep. Uh, but thank you for stepping out tonight and good luck with everything that follows on from now. Thank you so much. There you go. Friday night, Glasgow. It's actually stopped raining, um, so it looks like COP is not going to finish. Uh, at the point of recording, they have about 15 minutes <laughs> to hit their six o'clock deadline. I think that's pretty unlikely. So they will roll on. Uh, from what Mel's saying, it sounds like it's uh, everything to play for when it comes to nature, which is great news. Uh, we will be back whenever there is a deal to let you know what the shape of that deal is and crucially what role... Friday night started early, uh, nature has played in it. Uh, until then, goodbye.